The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. It is time for Break the Business, where we empower indie creators and have some fun along the way. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. I am joined happily by Evan and Elisa. Hi, guys. Hello. Oh, so good to see you all. I miss you. This, uh, this time that passes in between weeks is like me crawling through a desert where I get to talk about the entertainment industry and empower indie musicians with my two favorite people. And uh, how are you guys? When are they coming on? We- ah! Yeah, yeah reach, for, yeah. reach for your soundboard. You know I earned it. <laughs> Here's why you've earned it, Evan. Oh, um, oh no. The, my lawyer nerd friends who listen to this... Uh, mainly, I do everything I can to keep it from them because, like, I don't want like lawyers to know that I, you know, do this kind of silly Might be cool. stuff. Because they're, <laughs> yeah, exactly. God forbid. Um, but the ones who do listen to it, they love you guys and especially Evan way more than they love me. Oh yeah, heart of the show. They're like, you guys have surround you, you Ryan have surrounded yourself with, yeah, especially Evan. Just oh my god, fair, That's yeah. Fair. <laughs> I'm not that cocky. You don't need to blow me up. I'm. It's not going to help. <laughs> Everything about this show is great in terms of the people involved. You two, awesome. So excited to have you through this whole show. But we're bringing extra firepower. Our guest this week, my goodness gracious, so happy to be joined by country artist Dave Herrera. He's going to be joining us a little bit later in the show. He is a great musician, but he's also a real estate expert. He specializes in commercial music venues. I know this is something that's very important to you, Evan. You work with these kind of venues for a living. I'm sure you want to ask him a ton of questions. I'm excited to learn a lot about him. And frankly, I'm always interested in the side hustles of many of the musicians that we bring on this program. It's one of the most interesting things that I find about the guests that we have is they always have some other thing that they do. Working with those venues is my side hustle. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but we've, we've never had a real estate person on. So this is going this, we are breaking new ground, even five years into making this podcast. Uh, That's wild. I have other musician friends that have made the same turn and not even just during COVID, like three years leading up to it. Three of my friends got their license to real estate. I don't even know how that works, but <laughs> I don't, it seems to be a common thing. Ever. They're just used to driving, I guess. So they're like, I could drive to a house instead of a bar. Let's do it. <laughs> well, musicians spend their whole career being judgmental about whatever venue they're in. So you might as well just make a living out of it. That is so true. <laughs> well, that's going to be coming up a little bit later. But before we bring Dave in, I, I want to talk about another person that I'm a really big fan of who wrote an awesome article that I just want to gush about because it's got great info for indie artists. One of the friends of our podcast, guys, is a journalist named Sherry Who, who's been on the show quite a few times. She did the Break the Business Telethon with us a few weeks back. And now, after being a freelancer for Billboard and Forbes and Rolling Stone and all these different publications... Went the indie artist route, started her own music tech journalism Patreon, where basically she's like, I'm writing these amazing articles. I bet people will be willing to subscribe to 
get them on a regular basis. And she's absolutely right. And her blog, Water and Music, which is under a Patreon thing, is doing really well. And she's one of the most respected, if not the most respected tech journalist in music going right now. Certainly, if I'm making my music tech journalist power rankings, she's at the top. And here's what's amazing slash sort of frustrating for me about it. and I think you guys are going to feel the same feeling about this. She's like 25. Aww, of course, of course she beans. is. I, I don't know her exact age, but it's somewhere in that zone. And when I list her accomplishments, you're going to be like proud of her slash hate yourself. Hate myself. Yeah. No, no. We'll just go straight to the hating myself part. All right. Well, then it's, here it's, you go. Let me, well, let me run down. it's wonderful to be 25 because I feel like I went from 18 to 32. I never got those middle years. That's not fair. <laughs> Well, let me tell you what she did with these middle years. Let me count the ways you should hate yourself. All right. Oof. She's a graduate from Juilliard ah. and and Harvard. Oh. And when she wasn't doing these Munich music tech journalist stuff, getting published in every major publication, she was a classically trained uh, virtuoso pianist is played all over the world. She's an adjunct professor at NYU's Tisch School. That's exactly 25. Okay. She's got she's got like like this is this is the life we all want. Mm. But and 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 now she has this awesome Patreon that she's doing amazing things with. And I don't I don't want to dedicate this whole uh, segment to just gushing about how cool this person is. You but could. I do want to talk she about sounds, her. Yeah, she sounds we rad. could. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what? Let me just throw out the topic because this is even more yeah. important. No. Yeah. Now, the, I, to I want to talk about the article she wrote most recently in Water and Music because it is so important for indie artists and it's a it's a topic that's really roiling right now it's super pertinent to you two specifically because this is what y'all are up to right now she summarized the legal let's call it mess to Mm. be generous to be less generous let's call it like just a dumpster a, a dumpster fire of dumpster fires like a tire fire with a dumpster fire in it And that's what the current state of the thing is. And of course, just to like frustrate me, she explained the current legal state of live streaming and music better than me, a lawyer ever could, which, you know, just naturally makes me want to hate myself, too. But she wrote this really important article that underscores this really tough position that indie creators are in where every time you play a note of music on a platform like Twitch on a platform like YouTube, on a platform like Facebook, you're undergoing legal risks and they're needless legal risks because these are, there is a confusing copyright world right now in terms of say covering music on Twitch, but it doesn't have to be. As we're going to talk about, these major tech companies are very much in a position to simplify these things, to solve these problems, to work out deals so that artists aren't in a questionable space but they are because these things aren't being sorted out. And she talks all about it in her article. But and it gets to something that I talk about a lot in my legal practice with clients, because I have clients, musician clients who come to me all the time. And they're like, am I allowed to cover songs on Twitch? Am I allowed to play a recording of somebody else's song on Twitch? If I'm streaming, playing a video game, what are the rules there? What are the lines there? And I can give them a guess. I can I can I can point them to the Twitch terms of service. I can research the copyright law the best I can. But unfortunately, the best I can give them as a lawyer is just an educated guess because there aren't solid answers out there. And any lawyer who purports to saying, oh, I know what the rules are, they're selling you a bill of goods because we're all just faking it right now. (laughs) And so, like, here here's here's the best way I can sort of summarize it in terms of what is what I'm almost positive you can't do. 
what I'm almost positive you can do as an artist and what's kind of in the middle. So artist, I want to play my own songs, which I wrote and own the rights to 100%. I want to play those on my Twitch stream, on my Facebook live stream, on my YouTube live stream. Absolutely. That's okay. No Not problem. True. Not oh. true. What? No, because oh, mid- oh, you're going to talk about Metallica, aren't you? No, not at all. Um, <laughs> actually, in the middle of uh, whatever this bandit will say is uh, <laughs> Facebook changed their terms of service and decided that Facebook is not uh, you're not allowed to create a listening environment on Facebook. So at any point, if your band, if my band, if Try More Mojo plays a live stream through Facebook or my venue, um, if, if we do a live stream through Facebook, at any point they could come in and say, well, you're against our terms of service and we're shutting you down, we're taking away your, we're locking your page, we're canceling everything you've ever done. Facebook has destroyed the music live streaming service. So, man, that is that is a really good point. And <sighs> what you're pointing out there, Evan, is a symptom of this greater problem is that the tech companies, the ones that we're uh, using right now, so I hope they don't uh, shut us down. But uh, these tech companies have created this questionable environment where artists aren't sure what to do. And instead of taking the affirmative steps with the music industry to fix the problem, they are being overly tough on the artists and creating crazy rules like you can't host listening parties with your own music because they are being abundance of caution on the other end rather than just work out deals with the global music industry. That's a good point. But now on the other side of it, in terms of stuff you definitely you know can't do, a lot of artists are running into issues where when they play sound recordings on their live stream or, or, or for on demand later, you're almost always going to run into problems there because those are situations where um, the you know there the there hasn't been any sort of synchronization licenses uh, set up. They uh, you know the the tech companies, the Twitches, the Facebooks, they may have worked out a deal with the record label, and sometimes they do, but we don't know that. There's no list of songs that we know are safe to use, and we see it a lot of the times with gamers where you are you know, playing a, 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 a song that's in your video game, and then your stream gets muted, and you're like, I'm just playing the game, and I, you know, the, the gaming company says I can play the game, but I can't play the music in the game, and I'm sure that's something you guys have never experienced before in your no, life. No, no, no. It's not like um, we gained Twitch affiliate status and the ability to monetize on this platform off of a game that is solely all about um, synchronizing uh, your gameplay <laughs> to a track. It's not like that was the cause of our popularity and will now doom us. It's not like we have any experience with that sort of Damocles <laughs> at all. <laughs> yes, it is. It's, it's a big problem and it's only become going to be a bigger problem as more artists are getting onto Twitch, as more people are streaming games on Twitch and as more of these sound recordings get onto Twitch. And but so, wait, but, but, but sorry, go ahead. Well, but Twitch's entire business plan is illegal. It, their, their entire business plan is against the law. It's against I all mean. copyright laws. So you, you, you shouldn't, well, legally, you can't live stream any game. You can't do almost anything that happens on Twitch. Um, the only reason it still operates is because those specific game companies have decided that it's totally cool for you to do that. And 
I don't know if the music industry is going to come around to that. They've seen, they've seemed very, uh, there's, eh. there is an example of, I think, Fuser, uh, which is the latest harmonics game, which is a game that's basically, you know, like girl talk, Neil Sisiriga mashup simulator. And it's great. The kinds of stuff that you're able to do with these licensed tracks. But I believe as part of their terms of service, they have a section where they're like, these are the songs you can play. Yeah. nothing else and like you have to lay those out and maybe it's because you know they're a company that's like well you know the entire like uh, what what happens then with these music game companies now is that cool now there's an entire marketing arm f- that is used by our entire industry that we can't touch like literally the biggest it's, it's like tell tell coke that they can't have a super bowl ad anymore you know what i mean like like you are cutting people off from like a primary source of advertising too which sucks yeah. on the game dev end as well yeah and because these tech platforms aren't willing to you know strike some sort of grand bargain with the global music industry to sort this stuff out it winds up heaping more risk and more frustration on the individual performers in the form of either getting your stream muted randomly one day or 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 that massive DMCA apocalypse that happened on Twitch a few months back where a whole hey, bunch of people just suddenly got a channel bunch of copyright strikes. <laughs> your channel. Exactly. Yeah, I know you're a millionaire right now and you make 50 grand a day or whatever doing this, but by the way, yeah, you can't do that anymore. Bye. Yeah. And, and or, or just or, you know, so, yeah, and you know, people losing their accounts overnight or getting a bunch of or getting all their videos deleted overnight and or, or just, you know, getting frustrated because when you try to read the terms of service to figure out what the line is, nobody knows. And the best example of trying to figure out where the line is and not getting clear answers is something that a lot of performers do on live stream more and more, especially on Twitch, which is performing cover songs on Twitch. And I have artists come to me all the time and say, can I play covers on Twitch? And I go, question mark. (laughs) If you go on Twitch's terms of service, it's the most unclear answer because they say like, right, because because in a lot of cases they don't know. And and here's the thing, like Twitch can't even be 100 percent sure that every cover you're going to play is legitimate, because even if they got like the ASCAP, BMI and CSAC licenses to do you know, broad public performances in the same way that the local bar down your street has the public performance licenses so you can play covers at a bar. Even if they had that, the law itself is still not clear as to whether or not you also need a synchronization license for a live stream. There are some lawyers who say you do. There are some that say you don't. And nobody really knows the answer for sure. And so everybody could be sort of in violation and not even know it. And and so what I often tell artists as a as a precautionary measure, one of the things that you can do is understand that if you're playing covers on Twitch, it's sort of uneasy ground. But for the most part, we're not seeing a lot of artists getting come after by the global music industry. And I think that's mainly because the global music industry knows that there isn't a lot of money to be had here and you're not charging admission. If you are going to set up a show, you know, a a formal kind of concert type show where you're going to be charging admission, the recommendation I give to clients is to use a platform like Stage It or Stellar, 
which are these platforms that set up like actual virtual concerts that you can live stream. Because what you can do with Stage It and Stellar is before you do your show, you can send Stage It and Stellar a list of the covers that you're going to play. Oh, that's huge. Yes. And then they'll check their list and and check their, because they have all the PRO licenses, but they'll be like, okay, that's good, that's good, that's good. And if you have something that's not on their list, they'll go, you can't play this one unless you get separate okay which means you can't play because you're not going to go to the publishing company and pay a bajillion dollars. But right. But that's the way to sort of make sure that you are super protected in the cases where you're, you know, setting up a show where you're charging money for it. But it's, it's still a very messy situation. Here's the, here's the big kind of take home in all of this that I, I, I just can't emphasize enough, which is it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't, you know, we, when we think about like, the tech companies, you know, the Facebook, the Google and the Amazon going up against the global music industry, like one might the conventional wisdom might suggest, oh, these are like it's going to be like Godzilla and King Kong, like e- evenly matched fighting each mm-hmm. other out. And, and and the big tech companies have to be afraid of that, because how could they go up against all these major music companies? But that's not what this is. That's this not. isn't God, It's not Godzilla and King Kong. It's like Godzilla and like a King Kong action figure. Or like T-Rex or something like, oh, wow, Godzilla's <laughs> 300 feet tall. Go get him, T-Rex or Velociraptors <laughs> or whatever. Because the global music industry relative to these tech companies, tiny. Yeah. All right. So he, he, I had to look this up and I, I had to triple check it because I didn't believe it. Okay. The total annual revenue of the global music industry last year, $53 billion. Global annual revenue of Amazon, just Amazon, just Amazon, none of the other companies, $387 billion. How about this for a stat? If you take it based on annual revenues, Amazon, Google, and Facebook combined could buy the global music industry 11 times and still have enough money left over to equal the gross domestic product of Lithuania. Why you got to rag on Lithuania, though? They're so nice. <laughs> I can't but, believe you go after such nice people, right? But this this is what I'm saying. over that, right? If these big companies... Yeah, much love to Lithuania. If these big companies wanted to sort this out for artists, they could absolutely get the global music industry in a room and say, y'all need us. We're bigger than you. Let's work out a grand deal with the record labels, with the publishing companies. Let's set something out. Let's strike a grand bargain. Let's lobby Congress if there are if there are uh, ambiguities in the law that need to be sorted out. Let's figure it out so that indie creators aren't living in this weird gray area hey, space. Try to involve Congress if you want something to happen in about 30 years. <laughs> go for it. Yeah, but don't just... Let them work it's, it out in the private sector. It, well, but it's, it's going to take a little bit of both, except when we talk about like copyright law. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah, yeah, right. Sure. Like when people need to get fourteen hundred or two thousand dollar checks, that takes forever. Yeah. When the big companies want a copyright law passed, those dudes hustle. <laughs> Friggin, uh, you know, like all, all these old members of Congress, like Charles Grassley, who's like a thousand years old. You tell him we want you tell him like Disney needs a copyright law passed. That dude is sprinting. They make it happen. We get the Music Modernization Act. Bam. No problem. Steamboat Willie. No. Grassley sprinting through the halls of Congress. Oh, yeah. We need the Music Modernization Act passed. Boom. They get it done. I don't know what any of these words mean. Pass it. Ah, yeah. Go. D- Disney wants an extra 20 years on its copyright. You got it, Mr. Mouse. I love that mouse. 
<laughs> so they, they could do this. But I, I think I, I think for tw- at least in Twitch's case, Twitch is still in growth mode, right? So they they want to get even bigger before they make this big play. But in the meantime, artists are getting cro- caught in the crossfire, what? and that's wait, not cool. No, wait, you just said Twitch is in growth mode. It's owned by Amazon. Yeah, right. But but like you think this you think this is its final form? No, 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 no not even close. <laughs> but they have all the money in the world. They have all the yeah. money to go after, not go after, but strike a deal with all the, the, the rest of the music industry. I have a question for you, though, because you're my lawyer. Um, <laughs> as an artist. The legal views expressed in this podcast. Just, no, do I have to play this disclaimer to, again? No, it's only between you and me. Everybody, everybody, no, don't listen. Fast forward in the podcast. I don't even know. Earmuffs, everybody. Nobody's listening. No, no, talk I'm going to talk too much and forget what I was going to say. No. So as an artist, I know that there's ways for me to whitelist somebody's YouTube channel. You know, that that is possible. It's really hard to do, but I say, hey, if my venue if I played, if my band played the venue I work at or a venue I work at and they live streamed it on YouTube, there is a way somehow for me to go through my publisher who's CD baby or whatever and, and say, hey, I know that you've, you've found, I know that we're going to play our music on their thing and just let it slide, right? As an artist, is there any way, maybe I'd have to be Taylor Swift or somebody huge, but can I, can I strike a deal and say, hey, anybody can live stream my stuff all the time, anywhere, I don't care. You do see that with um, a, this is actually how things happen with YouTube a lot. So there are a lot of artists who their music gets played on YouTube a bunch, either in the form of cover songs or people just playing their music in the background to whatever their YouTube video is. And many artists will do the DMCA notice and take down song and dance. But other artists will go, huh, you know what? I, I kind of like the exposure that this is getting. I like it when my fans are covering my material. And perhaps I even see a revenue opportunity here. And so I'm going to have my label slash publisher reach out to YouTube and set up a deal where they're going to stick a commercial in the front of the video and I'll make some money off that. Or they just generally give their permission. Taylor Swift is a great example of this. Taylor Swift doesn't mind if you cover her stuff on YouTube. She's super cool about it because she wants her Swifties to spread the gospel of, you know, the songs that make us all feel. And so she'll let any one of her fans uh, cover her material. Ryan and Corella, largest Swifty. Oh, gosh. President I mean, of the fan club. Just, oh, just voice of our generous. Just, oh, my God. I adore her. Uh, no. I do adore not not even just because of her music, but just in terms of how like badass she is about protecting her IP. Oh, the oh that is that is a whole conversation that I didn't even realize was a topic because I just wanted to straight up shout out to her for threading the needle on her re-records because mm. I heard the new version of Love Story. And she has thread the needle on making the production sound so much better and and lifting it to 2021 standards, but still maintaining everything about the song in terms of instrumentation and the parts that make it sound like if you have the old version that is no longer owned by her, um, you are actually having an inferior version of that song. And that is brilliant on her part, because now, hopefully, she gets more people wanting Taylor's version. It's literally labeled Taylor's version. Wow. <laughs> on Not stuff. Scooter's version. Like, like, it's literally labeled that. Like, I think she's doing a really good job of winning people over based on just the quality of the production of her re-records. Also- like, it's awesome like she's not old but she's older and her voice sounds so much better her voice never sounded bad clearly but like holy it's just grown up it's great and but you you said it so well elisa when you called it threading the needle 
because that's what this is like, you know, because every because for most artists, the first version of a recording that you hear, that's the version you fall in love with. Mm -hmm. If one of your favorite artists tried to put out a new version of a master that they did, you'd never be like, no, this isn't the original. Do you have any idea how hard it is for her to put out a new version that we all love? And no, and I haven't heard anybody say, oh, no, bring back the original. No, people no. love this new version of Love Story. Well, they it's, love the it, story of it, too. Like, it, hey, I'm actually going to get paid yeah, for Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. the personal story of supporting her as an artist, but then also the amount of restraint it takes as an artist to not mess with those yeah. parts after, like over a decade 15 20 years oh god don't let me right? go back and re-record anything i've ever done exactly would, wouldn't recognize it anymore so it's like it's the restraint <laughs> that she shows as an artist and not messing with it too much that is very admirable and i just do not have <laughs> you don't have that level of discipline so props to her well, if we locked you in a, a log cabin with a bunch of indie rock musicians, like, could you put out like a double album over a pandemic? Yes. Twice. <laughs> twice. Yeah. I didn't have to worry about paying the bills. Yeah. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> right on. There's well, that. I did want to talk to you guys about movies, but um, yeah, put you know, a cork let's talk about it. movies. I do want to talk to you about movies. Okay, I was going to go to commercial, but I'm too excited about the movies that are coming out. And I know that. I want to talk to you guys about it because this is you guys are my pop culture people. Elisa, I need to know what you think of the new Cruella trailer. Okay. So Maleficent was kind of cool, you know, when they well well one, I I I I'm just a fan of Angelina Jolie, so I'm just excited to see her and stuff. But it Maleficent was an interesting story because you had no I for the most part, you didn't have much of an idea as to why she was super evil. She didn't get invited to a party and she got super mad about it and then made Sleeping Beauty's life hell. But you get this really cool origin story with Maleficent. Um, I can see, I would love for somebody to do this with maybe an Ursula. Ooh. Cruella literally skins puppies. How is she the first one you greenlight to get a redemption arc origin story? Like... I don't know how you are going to make a, a puppy so evil that you are going to be excited about this girl boss transformation. This, carpet, is, this is not my feminism. On the well, yeah, that, and that's the other problem. It's not just that it's a redemption story, but it's like they're trying to celebrate this as like a, a hashtag girl boss feminist hero story who skins but puppies. she skins she puppies skins, literally skins puppies I did, okay so i haven't i don't know if i've ever seen 101 dalmatians <laughs> is that really what happens in that movie she's trying to steal the puppies to turn right. them into coats man disney's messed up man i mean it's g-rated evan if your question <laughs> is is there a scene in a hundred in the cartoon that wasn't, 101 that wasn't dalmatians the that wasn't where, the question where cruella deville's got like a dead dalmatian over her knee and she's just skinning it right there in front of you while roger is just has his jaw dropped i mean the answer is yes directing? that scene is absolutely in the movie okay good well i'll go on youtube and find it later if tim burton's directing then oh my god if tim burton directing, <laughs> it would absolutely have it and she'd be singing she would um, be singing. The, just like really like dark minor chords with strings in the background. It sucks because it's like it's like gowns, beautiful gowns in the trailer. And it's like but like of all of the cool 
villains and also like people can also just be bad and irredeemable <laughs> sometimes like we don't have to sympathize with somebody who has there's members to- of extended family i don't talk to there are people like just, yeah <laughs> we we can all be staunch pro-female empowerment all the way well, let's and do it with all ursula. draw the line at the girl who skins puppies we'll do it with ursula so now let's back back to little mermaid who are we casting for ursula Oof. Ooh. who's it gonna be I already have. I already have the. I already have the right answer. This purchase would be so good because it has to be someone who can sing. Yes. Oh God. Yes. This can't be a a full live action non musical like like Ursula's singing is such a big part of it that you can't have her not sing. I mean that's good, but you can get somebody to dub her just like they did in The Lion King. Uh, The actual correct answer is Latrice Royale. Oh, (laughs) shout out to Latrice Royale. That would actually be very perfect. Exactly. That'd be great. Because Ursula was based on the drag queen divine, so I think in honor of the origin, even better, in, in honor of the that. origin of the character, having an amazing singer drag queen as Ursula would be dope as hell. I think it'd be great. <laughs> All right, Damn. but and and, and and Ursula skins puppies. Uh, no, okay, no, just maybe has questionable interpretations of contract law. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, no, now, now, now what we're doing next week. Puppies. We're going to go back and... <laughs> like, pick one. I want to see that Little same. Mermaid contract. Are, are either of you down... Uh, we're going to do a whole show on it next week. Yeah. We're going to analyze the Little Mermaid contract. Are, are you the guys uh, Coming to America fans? Are you at all excited about the Coming to America sequel? I'm Absolutely. Obsessed. Haven't seen the movie in 20 years. <laughs> I'm, the first one. I yeah. am a fan of the movie in the sense that I know that it is like an absolute cultural touchstone classic, etc. I am always wary of a sequel moment as just because of like it's Taylor Swift redoing the thing. Like you don't want him to screw this up. You have to thread the needle. Yeah. Yeah. You have to give them exactly enough of what people expect, but at the same time, it can't I hate watching a sequel that's just like, remember that joke from 30 years ago? <laughs> remember that other one? <laughs> oh, that's a, that that's absolutely what it's going to be, by the way, because <laughs> oh, no. al- you already see in the trailer that they bring back Clarence the barber and all the guys in the barber shop and they're doing so they're doing all the callbacks. They're playing the hits. And Who this is Kevin one Hart of my play? favorite comedies. And I, I still stop on it whenever it shows up. I love using the phrase stop on it as if anybody flips through channels anymore. Oh, but yeah. we really show our age there. But I have a feeling that I'm going to be disappointed by this because if this if they if they knew they had a hit on their hands, if they knew that this was going to be a solid gold comedy, it wouldn't be coming out on Amazon. Right. They wait the until other, the pandemic's over. That's and give the other the flag. Release. I didn't know that, that is the other flag, I think. Although it's it's weird because we're hitting that that interesting point where streaming services are capable of delivering on prestige products but i don't know if we're 100 percent there on trusting amazon with that they got all the money they do i mean i mean they did they a good with money, the and they're Mrs. not Maisel. using it on negotiating licensing deals with the music industry so hopefully they're put, uh, putting it all into eddie murphy comedies dave herrera coming up next we'll see you in a bit here on break the business do not go anywhere ryan carella here i hope you're enjoying the show and i hope that you're getting a lot out of it I do what I do because I care about creators like you. A lot. I've dedicated my career to helping creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and organizations move forward. I do it by hosting this program, 
and I'm also proud to do it in my legal practice. If you're a creative professional looking for solutions-oriented legal services to help you further your goals, I'd love to help. My firm RKPA does contracts, commercial law, copyright, trademark, and more. Visit rkpalaw.com to learn more. That's rkpalaw.com. Ryan A. Carella, PA, Miami, Florida. Streaming services for Break the Business provided by L.E.K. Entertainment. L.E.K. Entertainment is a full-service entertainment company offering everything from consultations to full-scale events and productions, including audio and video productions, voiceovers, staged theatrical productions, script and music development, and streaming services. For more information, visit lekentertainment.com. L.E.K. Entertainment wants to help you bring your story to life. Thanks for supporting Break the Business. If you have a question or topic that you want us to discuss, email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can follow the host, that's me, on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R, and you can follow the show at the BTB Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and on all major podcast platforms. And now, let's get back to the show. Thanks, me. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> You're so chipper. <laughs> when I recorded that, it was right at the beginning of the day... I had my coffee. I was in like maximum chippy happer mood. Happer chippy chipper happy <laughs> mood. By the time we do this, it's like nine o'clock at night, nine thirty Eastern. I don't have the same. Uh, there is no you know, energy. I'm usually crushed under the weight of the full weight of how a music industry is just torturing indie artists, and it mm. shows in my voice. But let's get back to the show. <laughs> Joining us now on the program, he is an indie country rock artist and a real estate professional lot to like there his latest single visiting nashville is available now we are excited to have dave herrera joining us here on break the business hi dave hey Hey, what's up how are you i'm doing very very well i want to ask you all about your music career but we have to get to the more important questions first how excited are you for the new coming to america movie (laughs) honestly i wasn't even aware it was coming out (laughs) were were you a coming to america fan back in the day did this movie do something for you? Uh, not much. I was I was more of a dirt bike kid or that, that I don't know. I'd like the old classics like that when I was growing up. The, the Rad movie when when my family would bring that in and let us watch it. I was kind of grown up in a shell, man. <laughs> so didn't get to the movies a lot. Well, are there any movies now that you've gotten older and and you know, maybe gotten a few others under your belt? Assuming we still lived in a world where people flipped through channels, is there a movie <laughs> that when it comes on the TV, you have to stop on it and just watch it all the way through and you're like, oh, there goes the next two hours of my day? Uh, to answer your question, it's more of like a Dateline or 48 hours. <laughs> yeah. I'm like an old soul, man. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, oh, like, man. I, like, seriously, it's like like my, a lot of my buddies play golf and stuff. And I'm like, dude, that takes up the whole day. I can get so much stuff do- uh, done. Thank you. Man, I, 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 I don't know. So many murders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or learn new things, man, while I'm trying to get other stuff done. So, Does it surprise you, Evan and Elisa, that in addition to being a musician, he's 
you know, licensed real estate professional because he, he clearly makes the most of his time. He's not engaged in frivolous pursuits like the rest of us. I want to talk to you about real estate stuff. Exactly. I want to talk to you about real estate stuff. But first, I'd, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about just the awesome music you're putting together. You got a new song out called Visiting Nashville. I dig it. I, I love it. It gets me hopping. I clap along with it. All that goofy music fan stuff. It's <laughs> a great video, a too, of, by the way. Oh, Man. yeah. It's such a cool video. Like, just all the shots and everything. There's something autobiographical, almost, that I sense from that movie, or from that song, because you're a California guy, but, you know, this song's about how... You know, you took a trip through Nashville and obviously your music is going to have some country roots in it. Tell us a little bit about what your mindset is with this song. Yeah, OK, so when I visited Nashville for the first time in September of 2009 or 19, sorry, um, it, it was kind of a, a very diverse town. I, I expected lots of cowboy boots and just other things going on. But when we uh, when we got there. It, it seemed like you'd go to the honky tonks and have your your live musicians playing, just jamming out on some cool old school country songs, top forty songs, and then you'd hit the second second floor of like Luke Bryan's bar, and there'd be a full DJ playing top forty dance rap music. So I'm like, man, you know, I, I, I kind of want to consolidate this visit of Nashville, but uh, include the country elements in the song, but also give it some of those top forty hits, so you can play it at like a wedding venue or a dance club and. and in one of the nightclubs or honky tonks or whatever it might be. So just try to cross pollinate it and uh, paint that picture of my experience uh, with that particular song. Some of the new songs um, we have coming out, uh, there's, they're, they're more country, country driven. Um, but there's some others that, that aren't. So it's just, a, it's a mixed, mixed breed. So we get the traditional country fans that are like, Oh, that ain't country. I don't know what you're doing with that. And I'm like, all right, man, I'm going to start delivering some stuff for you. That's more of your style. So I'll have a little bit of everything in the toolbox for everybody. That'll shut them up. Yeah. I'm like, shut up, man. You're so rude. And you're, you've just made my day depressing. Yeah. <laughs> and, Take it and personal. Because, <laughs> and because you, you didn't deal with enough unpleasant people in the music industry, you also wanted to go into real estate. Oh, which is, uh, you know, plus plenty. Of, yeah. Well, how'd you get interested in that? Because we don't see a lot of musicians slash real estate professionals. What's the backstory there? I just kind of fell into it, to be honest with you. I didn't know much about it. And there, there was an internship opportunity and I jumped on it and um, the, the guy I started interning for was like, dude, this guy doesn't stop. His mind's always going. He's on 24-7, man. And he has a real creative side to him, too. So you, you're, in real estate, you have to have that creative component. So I think uh, musicians go well um, in the real estate industry. And I, I find there are quite a few closet musicians in the real estate industry. So it's just... I don't know. I, I enjoy both. It allows me to get real creative um, you ever, using different sides of my brain. So you ever walk through an empty property before it's filled with furniture and you're just getting that nice echo and you're like, I got to do some scales in here. Maybe get <laughs> yeah. the guitar out. Yeah, there's a lot of that, man. Or, or in a building with 18 to 20 foot high ceilings. <laughs> wow. Wow. No, but like yeah, so, yeah, yeah, there, yeah. It's, you're it's making great, these millennials mouths water over here. <laughs> <Paul>. <laughs> He's talking That's about funny. wainscoting, guys. Homeowners. Now, real estate's good, man. It's good. It's good. It's uh, you don't realize it, but you see it everywhere you go every day uh, when you're out and about, whether it's retail industry or office or 
uh, whatever. But um, in Nashville, it's such a cool place, man. It's just so strange to be sitting there at like Tootsie's drunk out of your mind, staring at a high rise building with a massive like corporate branding on the side of this building. But then you're standing in like history. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. So it's just mind blowing, to be honest with you. And as part of your work in real estate to sort of blend together real estate and music, you've done a lot of work on the real estate side with commercial music venues. And given everything that we're go that we're all going through right now and how it's impacting commercial venues, can you tell us a little bit about what this what the pandemic has been like for some of the live music venues that you work with? Oh, the live music venues have been shut down, man. Um, <clears throat> so. I, I, I've done deals with uh, Brett and Eric here in Sacramento, and uh, they started the Ace of Spades, uh, which is a live music venue. It's, uh, the capacity is probably legally 800 to 900 people, but you can get 12 to 1300 people in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, that, number is a, that number is a suggestion. I know that. Yeah, 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 exactly. So they sold that to Live Nation and More um, best practices. And, and so they're, now they're an employee of Live Nation or whatever. But we've uh, we, I did Goldfields with them, with the, which is a country bar. Holy Diver, which is an, uh, um, like an indie rock um, um, venue. And then we just did another one in downtown Roseville. And that's a, that's a country bar as well. But they've been hit hard, man. So city of Sacramento has been a little bit forgiving um, in the last six to eight months. And they've allowed... Uh, restaurants and bars to create their parking lots or outdoor areas into beer gardens. And um, a couple of their venues have huge parking lots. So it's an outdoor only beer garden, which they said they're actually making the same amount of money, if not more money now as a beer garden than they did with the in-tour venues. And they've had no live music. It's just been like DJ type of music and no dancing whatsoever, but they've, they've been hit hard and it's sad, man. And um, Eric is the booking guy for live nation locally here um, for the ACE of spades. And he, uh, he, he's working on getting some national acts coming through, but it, it's really, he, it's, it's tough because a lot of these, uh, artists and booking agents don't want to put somebody out there and sign some contracts for a, a June, a June date. And then the state shuts it down and they've spent all that money on marketing and, and, and contracts and putting that stuff together. So he, he's saying that they're shooting for um, September, October dates. But if anything comes up so sooner, um, he, he said, dude, I'm going to plug you in. And I said, all right, I'll just be the, I'll be the house band, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, just load me up. We'll get people drinking and have a good time and, and get them on the dance floor. So we're working on some stuff like that right now. What do you say to all those venues out there that are, are struggling? And I assume ever the optimist that you're saying there's brighter days ahead. We just have to hang on. What, what are you, what are you telling the folks in your line of work here? You know, we're, we're all talking about it, trying to figure it out. All of us pull out our crystal balls, trying to figure out what's going on. It is, it has gotten a lot better in the last four to six weeks in the industry. Uh, the real estate industry it is um, now that they're allowing the, what they call the older people uh, to get their, their, their vaccines or what have you. So now that there's a, foundation of confidence with that group starting to flow in. Um, it's starting to make uh, some of us younger folks a little bit more comfortable and waiting to get our shots or whatever. But um, we're seeing more activity out in, uh, in the marketplace, especially here in Sacramento. We're getting a lot of rollover from the Bay Area. There's a lot of Bay Area people selling properties there. And we're seeing a lot of um, folks that were in the rental markets renting these super expensive apartments in San Francisco. 
Um, now that they can work remotely, they're moving into Sacramento with the money that they've saved and they're buying houses um, with the cash they've saved up um, while working in San Francisco. So our residential real estate market is booming. Our office market is struggling. Our retail market struggling, but our industrial market is uh, kind of off the hook right now, especially with the cannabis stuff going on. <laughs> man, bring it to Texas, God. <laughs> I know, man. There's there's grow facilities out there. I mean, there's dispensaries, and these there's a group called Cookies. I don't know if you have them where you're located, but they're big in Southern California, and it's a a rapper by the name of Burner that started it, and now they're opening uh, one in Sacramento, and it's just. I mean, these dispensaries have lines around the corner. They're actually their business is just skyrocketing. I mean, you want to talk like about medical. the you want to talk about the future of music venues. <laughs> oh, have you play, you've you've played a dispensary? I, no, I played in, in Den- <laughs> the last time I was in Denver. We 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 did a show on like a Saturday or Friday and Saturday night, and then Sunday we're like, what are we gonna do? And there's the dispensary called us up and say, hey, why don't you come play? Like, you nailed okay. it. You know what I'm seeing now too is. The dispensaries, there's a dispensary here called Colas, K-O-L-A-S. And uh, I'm buddies with one of the guys down there. And he sponsors a, a show here uh, each year for the last couple of years called Aftershock. It's a rock show at Discovery Park. And uh, this year we're going to, I think Papa Roach is there among a few, uh, some other great headliners. Um, but they were, they were that's, that's on one whole weekend. And then the next weekend was going to be the country concert. And they were going to sponsor that. So he was teeing it up. He's like, dude, we got you covered. It's all good. And then uh, the promoter, I think it's Danny Weimer uh, Promotions, he uh, he canceled all of his country venues. But the aftershock staying. So we're like, oh, my God. But the, this, the weed market is starting to get into the music business. Well, it's the same way that the alcohol market has been in the music business forever, except the alcohol. I mean, after a while, it used to be that Budweiser would give you 10 or, or Budweiser would wrap your van and then pay for your gas if you're going on tour. And they stopped Done doing deal. that. They stopped doing that 15 years ago, I guess. And if you're in a state that has legal weed and that's who has all the money right now, like that's perfect. And I exactly. play in a jam band. That should be even oh better. Get together with play dispensary. dispensaries, Evan. And so, just and just like sell food and beverage. Your F and B sales are oh going to be God. through the roof at one of those shows. It's all oh like Dunkaroo, God, right? Dunkaroos and Capri Suns. Oh for my everybody. God, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Forget about selling T-shirts. Like, We're moving ho hos, baby. I'm like, I, I don't drink. Yeah. I would love to have a place that outfits me with like Cheez-Its and Dunkaroos. That'd be oh, dope yeah. as hell. But I was running a venue in Miami. This is a decade ago. But we had a huge act coming through. We're like, all right, how are we going to afford to pay for this? And my friend, who's the talent buyer, and he's like, oh, we got thirty grand from whoever Coors or whatever. They just gave us thirty thousand dollars to do a show. And the alcohol companies used to have that money, and I guess the growers have that money now. Don't let them. Don't let them fool you. Those alcohol companies still have it. They just allocate it somewhere else. Yeah, they're holding on to it. That's clear. <laughs> yeah, but hey, get together with the dispensaries. I think that's where it's going, man. The dispensaries are kicking it up and they're sponsoring shows. And well, it's we like, didn't it's get, like, yeah. I will say we didn't get paid for that dispensary show in money. We, just, <laughs> hey. we had to wait to leave the state for a day or so to. <laughs> hey, I heard, you know, uh, there was a Snoop Dogg video shot with, um, there was a rapper here in California. Burner was in it as well. Actually, it was shot. It was shot. Burner was in it, Snoop Dogg, and there was another guy. But the the, uh, the other giant guy, I can't remember his name, was the head dude. And Snoop Dogg had a cameo in it for just a few minutes. You can Google it or whatever. And and I and I I think they paid him in weed. They just said, "Hey man, come down here." And they gave him a few minutes in the venue. And he walked out with a couple bags of weed. He did his lines and he bailed. <laughs> he was out. <laughs> Nice work if you can get it, man. Oh, yeah. my hey, God. Whatever it takes, man. 
<laughs> oh my! I, I did not have 20 minutes of weed talk in my show sheet here, but that was clearly an oversight on my part because <laughs> this, hey, is, this where, is tremendous. It's where the music business is going. They're in Indian casinos, right? I mean, oh, Indo- yeah. Indian casinos have they have huge, huge venues now and they're building larger ones. So I don't know if they pay you in tokens or poker chips or whatever, but <laughs> it's good money, though. Absolutely. Yeah. You can find out more about our guest work viewers slash listeners by going to DaveHerreraLive.com. You've given us so much great info here, Dave. I feel bad that we didn't actually plug you till the very end. But yes, it doesn't matter. The the music's great. Uh, He's got so much of it. He's got a a new documentary series coming out on YouTube. Check it all out. DaveHerreraLive.com. Before we let you go, Dave, one last question. Do you have any last tips for the indie creators out there to help them move their careers forward? Man, I'm looking for tips myself, but, <laughs> you know, just uh, I've just been persistent and, and just making more music. I found just making more music and more content is, is where you got to focus. And uh, we're going to continue to do that, continue to release music and then just work on getting shows and doing as many shows as we can um, to get people back out there and uh, knock the dust off the dance floors and the stages. Support your local musicians, all your musicians. I mean, we can't let uh, uh, the creative part of all of us uh dwindle away so so stick with it thank you so much dave this has been awesome don't be a stranger you ever want to come back you come and talk to us again uh, clearly we have a really good time when dave herrera shows up congratulations on the new song and all your success yeah thanks so much and check out the shit show on youtube well first episode's out we'll release the next next one in probably a week week and a half nice. it's just kind of like the behind the scenes of me and my buddies and uh, we're a bit wild and crazy, so hopefully it, it relates. Just let your hair down and, and live life. <laughs> cool. Love so. it. Dave Herrera, everybody, one more time at that website. Check him out at DaveHerreraLive.com. Oh, what a, what a cool dude. I'm in a good mood now. Uh, I never thought about playing dispensaries as a gig, but that makes so much sense. I <laughs> The I, one we I, played was great. They live streamed the show. There wasn't a lot of people there. They live streamed the whole show, and it's a thing that they did every week. Like, hey, Friday, turn to our YouTube page or whatever. I mean, it, it, it reminds me of, like, you know, when you used to, like, when we had small venues that could take in a band that also maybe had, like, coffee and like treats and we're more like cafes they and had, it just they, it, had, they had treats there yeah and it's like it's 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 plenty getting of, back to plenty of that of, which is of, nice this isn't quite thing. like the oh, ice yeah. cream shop we used to play in back in the day <laughs> i mean look the, the dispensary we played didn't have a stage like it's just like hey here's the corner we'll, yeah. push, we'll push some of this stuff out of the way set up and let's go it was incredible that's it was a very awesome. fun show that's that's very very cool uh, got lots of great guests coming up uh, here on subsequent weeks. Next week's guest, I adore this person. Katie Zaccardi is going to be joining us. She's the host of the Out to Be podcast. Uh, talks a lot and consults with artists on building a sustainable music career, promoting self-care and wellness and probably something that we all need to adhere Ooh, to. Yes. And so we're all going to talk to Katie Zaccardi about that and try to be more sustainable creators. Before we go, guys, oh, I no. did want to come to you with sort of a crimson update. People are eager to hear about how the album's coming along. I think on our very first live stream, we talked a little bit about the album you guys are putting together. I saw, I think, a TikTok video that may maybe went across my For You page a couple days ago with an album update. Let, let us all know. How is that going? 
It's it's been great, um, and I really love the the kind of thing that we're able to do, where he's just literally in that other room, and we can hook up a cable to the sound system, and then I could just hear him do takes. Um, and so you've been dropping some guitars on our cover. A lot of guitars on on a cover that we can't mention. That's a surprise. Yeah, it's sort of a surprise, but we'll like keep sort of dropping hints on on TikTok, and if you if you can figure it out, you get a an internet cookie. I don't know, <laughs> but it's 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 super fun, and it's just kind of cool um, to to feel like th- you could just make this incredibly indulgent thing happen on a recording and you feel incredibly powerful that you could just make a creative decision and then you and then you just make it happen it's, and it's, it's really cool it's weird for me because i came along like right at the end of the old school right where you went to the studio and then you recorded your tracks and then you you know um now everybody has a studio in their bedroom just like i do a studio in the bedroom it's i don't even have studio monitors i can just track the headphones in there and the my guitar rig is such that i can just run it direct and it sounds incredible so I don't have to pay for studio time, which means I can like take 30 takes and mess something up a hundred times. And I'm not worried that I'm paying an hourly rate to some dude like, and this is, it's, it's hilarious coming from somebody who's, you know, in his thirties and like anybody who's 30 or younger is like, yeah, we, that's how we make music. Like, no, nah, that's not how we used to make music. It used to be very expensive. Boy, and, and we're going to sound like crazy old people where it's like the man would pull his faders on a giant 50 foot long board. Yeah, OK. It's OK, Grandpa. Yeah, Hold uh-huh. on. I need to get up and change the tape. It's only 20, <laughs> 20 minutes long. I think those 24 track takes are only My 20 gosh. minutes long. It's terrible. Oh, Grandpa's tired. <laughs> he's, he's saying weird things again. <laughs> tape oh is what God. goes on presents. It is it is so weird for me, even when I go to recording studios now that still are in those recording studios and you still see that 50 foot long Starship Enterprise looking (laughs) recording console. And then it's just some dude on his MacBook that's doing everything. And that thing is and the console is collecting dust. That's literally it. Well, use the preamps in the console to your interface to to your MacBook. But yeah, I've I've watched a lot of like home studio builds uh, lately on YouTube. And it's like, look at our 20 million dollar facility and we have reverb tanks built into the air ducts and this bathroom has mic inputs because you need mic inputs in the bathroom <laughs> and it's all and and yes and that's all very expensive and cool but it's all running off of a 900 dollars mac mini the entire studio is a 900 hundred dollar computer like that's where that's where we're at man it's that's awesome it's, and, and it's great it's great for someone in your position it's incredibly kind of, freeing too yeah. because i remember us like trying to dial in like you know what 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 we like to what the kids nowadays refer to as as, as gent uh, but but we refer to as uh, the the jug jug noise and trying to get the perfect jug jug uh for for crimson took like you know you had to try out a bunch of different guitars and like rent amplifiers from other people and like try to dial stuff in like in a studio environment god my college band we used uh, guitar amps that belonged to a very famous band that happened to also be recording in that studio they didn't know <laughs> wow and they never will they're incredibly nice people and a very yeah. good band and very famous yeah. is it too early i'm almost positive the answer is going to be yes to this or else you would have said it but is it too early to come at us with perhaps an estimated target nope. date range <laughs> not gonna happen Oh, I am I am I am going to go the uh, you know based on based on uh, our discussion last week about expectation management and announcing creative things um, and letting people's expectations build up in their head. Um, we're gonna do the the basically like Elder Scrolls equivalent. We're just gonna show some splash art, 
some concept art, and then we're going to tell you, hey, this is a thing we're working on. We'll show you some cute stuff every once in a while. Follow at Rockdoc on TikTok for more v- progress updates. But other than that, when it's done... You'll know. You'll know. We'll let you know. What's going to happen first? Breath of the Wild 2 launch or Chris Crimson album? Neither have been announced, so it's just a toss-up at this point. Lots of, we, might, we might take bets on this. I would, I would say Get Crimson EP only because the, the way that we've been creating music now has been so exciting um, that we want to make more music faster <laughs> and so it's it's but we want to get through this thing first um and just like get all of these songs just out and just like exercise these particular demons um and and hopefully become more prolific so i think there's there's more of a little bit of a fire under our butts for this one nintendo take as much time as you need the first one first breath of the wild perfect game take as much time as you need you let us know when you're done with that. We'll let you know when we're <laughs> no done rush. with this EP. Not to say that they are at all equivalent in, in quality or life-changing capacity, but, uh, but Crimson will be done when it's done. I don't know. Done. These jug-jugs will change your life. That's true. Crimson will be more affordable anyway. He is pretty good. You guys have all kinds of other cool projects coming up. And before we close, I want you to like tell people about them because they're awesome and cool. You're doing cool stuff with video game companies. And tell us about it. Cool. Um, so first things first, um, on Thursday, you'll be able to watch the replay if you are uh, listening to this on the podcast. Um, but if you visit the Rocksmith YouTube page um, tomorrow, Thursday, um, Evan and I will be showing up on the show to show off a couple of songs in Rocksmith uh, that we are using as inspiration as we record the EP. So I will be sitting in the chat for that. It'll be on February 25th. It'll be February 25th. Um, and um, Evan, and you have a show. You're actually playing guitar on a show, and yeah. I'm very excited. Try More Mojo is uh, we're headed south to Austin to a studio called Purple B TV. Purple B TV. I don't know if it's .com. They have it's just search for that on YouTube and Twitch and mm-hmm. Facebook, and they they live stream to all the platforms. Uh, Friday night. Um, eight or nine o'clock. I'm really bad at things. Um, yeah, it's going to be another great live show. Uh, it's we've we've been rehearsing a bunch, and we haven't been able to play a show, and we're just excited to. Play. I'm excited to not be in the apartment for a night. I yeah. guess it's a, it's a really good thing. His band's really good, people. His band's really good, and so and good. I, and I will so shout good. out Purple B um, in terms of just like like production oh, quality um, of the cameras um, as well as the sound quality. Um, it is like one of the live streams and, that I always like to point and people to. A lot of the graphical stuff they do is wild. Are they like overlaying all these images and everything? And I'm like I'm looking in the control room, like where's that happening? Like oh no no, we pipe a we pipe we pipe a feed to this guy who's uh, at his place in downtown Austin, and he just overlays it, and sends it back, and then we stream it like that. I'm like what are you you what? <laughs> How do you That's look? wild. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's really cool. Awesome. Even awesome. if the band was terrible, it would look great. Who yeah. cares? Check out all that stuff, viewers <laughs> slash listeners. You're going to love it. And while you're checking out stuff and promoting stuff and you know expanding your horizons and things that you can consume how about you throw us a subscription go to twitch.tv slash break the business uh we're on youtube we're on facebook all the places where we are check us out let's keep this going we want to build this community and share some great insight with all the indie creators out there you can follow me on twitter at ryan k-a-i-r follow evan at evan lamb guitar follow elisa at elisa rock doc this has been a treat everybody thank you all so much for checking out Break the Business. We'll see you next week.